today on Building in Faith with Pastor Ed Jones. Building in Faith. Now, parents, you know what I'm talking about, right? Sometimes you have to discipline the children, and because they cry doesn't mean you don't punish them. Part of maturity in our lives as Christians is the ability to recognize God's voice, to to discern what He says to us. But we never lose the ability to weep with those who will weep. But the harder thing is to rejoice with those who rejoice. Reaching up high with arms open wide we see You're changing our lives so we can be our heads and An inheritance is waiting for those who love God and follow after His commands. In today's message, Pastor Ed reminds us to pursue a righteous and harmonious life. He encourages us to mirror the character of God in our homes and in our churches, so our testimony points others to Christ. Not only are we called to live harmoniously with one another, but also to be sympathetic towards those in need. He's pleased when we possess a heart that recognizes and responds to the needs of others. Now here's Pastor Ed with part one of today's message entitled, Inheriting the blessing. Building in faith. First Peter chapter 3. And I want to just give you a little background as we prepare. This passage of scripture is summing up what has been said before in chapter 2 and the beginning of chapter 3. And in chapter 2, Peter was talking about being submissive to government authorities and leadership, and then he was talking about home relationships. And he was dealing with all those issues, and now he comes and he's talking about the church, but not exclusively the church. It has application to every area of our lives. The message is entitled, Inheriting the blessing. Now you can lose the blessing or you can inherit the blessing. Uh, You can be like Esau who lost his blessing or like Jacob who was blessed. I want the blessing, don't you? All right. We're going to read Peter chapter 3 beginning with verse 8. Finally, that's again, he's summing up what's gone on before. All of you Live in harmony with one another. Be sympathetic. Love as brothers. Be compassionate and and humble. Do not repay evil with evil or insult with insult, but with blessing. Because to this you were called so that you may inherit a blessing. Notice Peter's words, that you may inherit a blessing. That's the key to the passage we're reading here. Inheriting the blessing. For whoever would love life and see good days must keep his tongue from evil and his lips from deceitful speech. He must turn from evil and do good. He must seek peace and pursue it. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his ears are attentive to their prayer. The face of the Lord is against those who do evil. In Psalm... 128, 
The psalmist said, blessed is everyone who fears the Lord. Notice, who walks in his ways. You shall eat the fruit of the labor of your hands. You shall be blessed. And it shall be well with you. The blessings are found on the path that God has for us. That path is the same path that Jesus walked. It's walking like Jesus walked. It's living like Jesus lived. And on that path is the inheritance that belongs to you. To veer off it, to turn aside from it, means you forfeit it. I have a good friend, and he told me how he had a friend that he had worked with on the mission field. He had been for years on the mission field with this good friend, a fellow minister. And his friend was coming in from overseas, and he was coming to Kennedy Airport, so my friend was going to go pick him up at Kennedy Airport and then bring him someplace and help him. And so he came in from Kennedy Airport, and their families had known each other for years. And he said, listen, why don't you stop over my house? And he lives very close to Kennedy Airport, just a sort of a stone throw, not very far at all. And his itinerary wasn't rushed or anything. He said, listen, come on over. Just spend a little while with my wife and the children. You know, they were going to have a little espresso, a little biscotti. They're going to just enjoy some good fellowship. And his missionary friend said, no, no, I just want to get going. Instead of recognizing the hospitality of a long-term friend who just wanted him to see his family. He said, no, I just want to go. So my minister friend took a couple of hundred dollars out of his pocket, gave it to him, and blessed him as he went. But then he said to me this. He said, you know, we had planned at our house just a little special time for him. And we had put an envelope aside with a gift in it for $1,000. He's never got it. Now, that missionary never knew he missed that blessing that could be his. And sometimes we just simply don't pay attention to the things that we should do and could do, and we miss the blessings that could be ours. And sometimes they come in ways that you simply wouldn't expect them to come. Uh, There was one man, he was going to Jerusalem, he was going to keep the feast of the Passover, and he saw a crowd, and they were headed towards Golgotha. And there was a man carrying a cross, stumbling under the weight of it. A soldier constrained him, as soldiers could, and he said, you carry the cross. Well, all the ridicule and mockery that was heaped on Jesus, as he was carrying the cross, was now heaped on this man, Simon of Cyrene. What seemed like a burden really would be a blessing because Simon became a Christian and his family. And it was an experience in his life that turned his life around. Walking in the footsteps of Jesus is never, never easy. But that's the way you inherit the blessing. That's the way you receive what God has for you. And so what Peter is doing is saying, listen, I I want to give you this portrait of qualities that represent the master. That if you live out, you'll inherit 
a blessing. In verse 8, he names five things that we are to do. This is our action. This is how we are to act. In verse 8, finally, all of you live in harmony. There's the conductor. He's leading the orchestra. And every piece, every instrument is playing their part right. Watching the conductor. The violins, the cello, the harp, on and on it goes. They're all playing their part. To live in harmony means you're listening to the orchestra leader. You're attentive. You're watching. Jesus, at the Last Supper, prayed. Prayed for you and me. He prayed for his followers. Listen to his words in verse 23 of chapter 17. May they be brought into complete unity. God prayed for his church that we would be unified. One heart, one mind, one soul. Doesn't mean uniformity, but it does mean unity. We are bent on seeing Christ return and we are living in expectation that Jesus Christ will come back again and one day we'll be blessed as he rewards us for our faithfulness. So this idea of community living in unity. As believers, we're called to live in harmony seven times in the book of Acts. You read, they were in one accord. 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 Being in one accord is so important in the church. It's so important in your home. If the wife is going one way and the husband is going another way and the children are going their way, you have a mess. What we need to look for in the church, in the home, in our relationships, is for common ground, not the battleground. So we're with one heart, one mind, one accord. We're an answer to Jesus' prayer. And he goes on and he takes something else. Look at the list. The second, be sympathetic. What he's referring to here is what Paul spoke about. Rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. Learning to enter into the feelings of other people. Someone is broken. And maybe they're broken because they've sinned themselves. And they brought the situation upon themselves. Or maybe it's just because on the journey, this happened to them. They were impacted. But you enter into sympathy. That means you feel their pain. Now, it doesn't mean you always alleviate their pain. Now, parents, you know what I'm talking about, right? Sometimes you have to discipline the children and because they cry doesn't mean you don't punish them. Part of maturity in our lives as Christians is the ability to recognize God's voice to to discern what he says to us. But we never lose the ability to weep with those who will weep. But the harder thing is to rejoice with those who rejoice at work. You and Joe have been in competition for a position. Joe gets it, you don't get it. Uh, I should have got it. 
He hasn't been here as long as I. I should have had uh, favoritism, whatever. Rejoice with him. Thank God for what happened. I, I've been praying for so many years for my healing. I didn't get healed and they got healed. Rejoice with them. See, being sympathetic means you enter into their joys and you rejoice with them. You enter into their sorrows and you weep with them. That ability to sympathize. The ability to identify with other people. The next, he talks about a love for one another. Uh, he, He talks about love as brothers. Philadelphia is... Uh, the word that comes from the word filio. This is talking about brotherly love. What should characterize believers? Jesus said, you are to love one another as... Say that again. I, I, that's right. How did Jesus love you? Unconditionally. It's a community. So whether this person is from Singapore, or whether they're from Tokyo, or whether they're from Be- Beijing, or wherever they are, If you're a Christian, you're born of God and there's an interconnection that you have with other people. And this brotherly love connects you. This sisterly love connects you and it creates community. And so what Peter is saying is the church ought to be characterized as a loving, caring community where Christians are helping, caring, loving one another. He goes on, and he uses another word, another characteristic, the fourth one, compassion. The idea is tender-hearted. You love people from deep within inside. Jesus saw the crowds, and he was moved with compassion. Because they were like sheep without a shepherd. They were hurting. I remember going to a funeral out west, there at the funeral, the family was sorrowing, but the funeral directors, those working, were smiling and laughing and joking. I guess because they had seen so many funerals, they forgot that this family was broken and hurting and bleeding. Peter is saying, never lose the ability to be compassionate. Sometimes for those who work with hurting people, and you get compassion fatigue. Peter's saying, don't get to the place where your heart is hardened and you lose the ability to feel people's pain. Be compassionate towards others. Who does this sound like? What's his name? It's a portrait of Jesus. It's a portrait of what Christ is like. And so Peter is saying, this is how you live in your home. This is how you live in your community. This is how you live at work. This sense of being compassionate towards those who are hurting. Well, they get what they deserve. (laughs) No. They may be getting what they deserve, but you still are compassionate towards people. Now, he moves on to another one that is so important Peter knows what he's talking about in this verse. He knows what he's talking about in all these verses. But in this verse especially, what's the next one? Be humble. Peter, 
Look at him in the Gospels. Brash, self-confident, proud. None of the disciples ever venture out to correct their master. Peter does. Lord, you'll never do that. Peter, overconfident, though all men forget you, all men forsake you, not me. Well, Peter learned a few things. You know, we're told by the early church fathers that the gospel of Mark was really the memoirs of Peter. Peter and Mark were companions, and they would go around together, and especially as they traveled uh, the Roman Empire in Peter's latter years, he would tell the stories of Jesus. And so the Gospel of Mark reflects, according to uh, the church fathers, it reflects the teachings of Peter about the life of Jesus. Now, if you study the Gospel of Mark, you're going to notice something. It's not very flattering about Peter. For example, in the Gospel of Mark, there's no mention of Peter walking on the water. It doesn't put him in the best Light. It shows him rebuking his master and his master, Jesus, saying to him, Get thee behind me, Satan. And when it deals with his betrayal, I mean, it puts Peter in such a light. You see his weaknesses and frailties. What happens when a person knows their heart? When they know their own sinfulness? They walk humbly. They're not as judgmental of others. See, when you know your sinfulness and you know that you're a sinner and you know what's inside of you, you're not looking down on everybody else. Peter had learned. Now, these are marks of maturity. Now, being a Christian for many years doesn't mean we're mature. (laughs) Being a Christian for many years, I think some people get stuck at a certain age level. Some Christians, I'm afraid to say that they're stuck in the terrible twos. (laughs) They they just haven't got out of it. You got to mature. You got to grow up. And and all of us fail in areas. But what Peter's saying, learn to live in, in harmony with other people, in unity. Have the same mind. Let this mind be in you which was in Christ. That's what Paul talks about in the book of Philippians. He talks about having the mind of Christ in our relationship with others who took upon himself the form of a servant. He talks about being sympathetic, loving the family of God and being compassionate and being humble. Uh, it was Gordon McDowell, Gordon McDowell who was uh, talking to Dr. Reese. Dr. Reese and Edith had been married 60 years. And he asked him, do you have fights? Oh, yeah, we have fights. You know. And he told them about something that happened recently. What happened is uh, Edith had just run a stop sign, and her husband's heart just went right to the bottom. And he thought, oh, we're going to die. And he got fearful. And, and he said, Gordon said, well, did you say something to her? He said, well, no, no, I've learned about my wife when to say something to her. So I said, honey, we're going to go home and take a little nap, and afterwards I have something to talk to you about. (laughs) And so he said, well, what did you say? Uh, Why didn't you just tell her? He said, well, my wife 
when she was real young, her father would speak to her in a harsh tone. And whenever she hears a male voice and it's harsh, it brings back those memories. And Gordon turned and looked at Dr. Reese and said, Dr. Reese, she's 90 years old. And she's still, he said, especially now. What Peter is saying, dwell with people with understanding, know how to deal with them. And uh, of course, Dr. Reese did talk to her after they took their nap and everything was okay. So, know how to deal in your house, know how to deal with others in the church, know how to deal with other people at work. But he, he doesn't stop there. This is how we are to act. Would you say that to me? This is how we are to act. Harmony, sympathetic, love as brothers, compassion, humble. Here's how we are to react in verses 10 through 12. He talks about that. In verse 9, he says, Do not repay evil with evil or insult with insult, but with blessing, because to this you are called so that you may inherit a blessing. There it is. Don't you want to inherit the blessing? The blessing is found on walking in that road of suffering and walking a certain way. Walking with that sense of humility, with that sympathy, with that brotherly love, with that compassion, with that humility. You want to respond, you want to react, but you don't react and you don't respond. You don't move in the flesh, you move in the spirit. And then you react a certain way. Verses 10 to 11. Whoever would love life and see good days must keep his tongue from what? Now wait a minute, think about that word. Evil. When I think of evil, I think of murder. I think of rape. I think of adultery. I think of, uh, you know, uh, all sorts of. What does he call evil? What does the text say? What is keep his tongue from? Notice his evil and deceitful speech. He connects it with our speech, and he connects it with our deeds. He must turn from evil and do good. In other words, our words. Watch what we say. We will give account of every word that we say. Wow. All of us have a lot to repent of. We have to watch, as Christians, how we speak. Psalm 141, verse 3, is a good guard for us. Set a guard over my mouth, O Lord. Keep watch over the door of my lips. Start the day off like that. Take Psalm 141, verse 3. Read it at noon and, and read it before you go home. And Lord, put a door over my lips. Help me to be careful in what I say. But then also our deeds. Careful how we live and what we do, our actions. Oftentimes, we want to respond to people. Oh, they said this. Oh, I got something to say to you. You know, we get in a, a fight at home. We're playing tennis soon. We're just hitting it back and forth at each other. Oh, all right, you said that. I'll top you with this. And all of a sudden, it escalates. And what started off as just a small skirmish ends up in World War III. We hope you've been blessed by the teaching of Dr. Edward Jones in the book of 1 Peter and invite you to join us again. In the meantime, we'd love to keep in touch with you. 
Our phone number is 845-462-5955. We're here to join you in prayer for whatever is going on in your life or to answer any questions you may have about how you could have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. That phone number again is 845-462-5955. Be sure to check out our website as well at buildinginfaithradio.com. There you'll find messages from previous series available to encourage you in your walk with Jesus. Get to know the wonderful people behind Building in Faith and learn what we believe as a church and desire to share with everyone who listens. We know that God is using the Building in Faith radio ministry to spread the good news of the gospel, but we encourage you to not let this be your only source of spiritual guidance. Reading the Bible, prayer, and fellowship with other believers are all encouraged in God's Word and are extremely beneficial to anyone who wishes to grow closer to God. If you are in the Poughkeepsie, New York area and don't have a church family, we welcome you to join us here at Faith Assembly. For location information, service times, and a calendar of other great upcoming events, visit our website at buildinginfaithradio.com. That's all the time we have for today. But join us again next time right here on Building in Faith Radio as Pastor Ed continues teaching through the book of 1 Peter. Your word restores and heals, transforms, rebuilds, and it makes a Everybody wins when a leader gets better. Absolutely everyone. The stakes of leadership are sky high. Everyone has influence. Come to the Global Leadership Summit on August 10th and 11th and learn skills to help you lead transformation in your community. The summit features leaders like Bill Hybels, Sheryl Sandberg, Andy Stanley, and more. Experience the summit at Faith Assembly Casper Kill Campus, Poughkeepsie, August 10th and 11th. Register at willowcreek.com summit and use the priority code radio willowcreek.com summit.